Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Well, JC, here on the Hoop All Lakers podcast, we sat here earlier this week and I said, I think the Lakers are going to go three and one in this stretch. And unfortunately, my man, we had the reverse happen. One and three, despite locking up that number one seed. JC and Ethan here on the Hoop All Lakers podcast with you. How the hell are you, JC? I'm doing all right. You know, these Lakers need to snap out of it, man. I mean, they need to hit the snooze off button. We've locked up the number one seed. You know, I understand that's good to go, and, and that's, you know, worth celebrating in the moment but not worth fixating on. And now I find myself in this situation where I see this team that obviously is experimenting with certain things here, JC, but is there reason to be concerned? LeBron said something along the lines of there's a weird mystery vibe sort of hovering over the Lakers. What is, what is he alluding to here? It's, it's hard to say. Um LeBron can be kind of cryptic and, and ominous with, with his tone a lot of the time. So you never really know if, it, if it's a team thing or if it's a personal thing with him. Like I'm, I'm sure a lot of, like, like I'm sure a lot of guys on his team, he's a father and kids are kind of going back to school and maybe he's one kind of worried about that in the back of his mind. Like could be anything really like, and like all of us, I'm sure there's, there's back of the mind stressors that everyone's kind of going through and it's affecting everyone in one way or another, whether we really know it or not. Oh, there's no question. I mean, in this climate, just societally that we're living in between a number of things, I think everybody's mental state has been affected. But was there anything specific? I know you dug into a little bit of that article from The Athletic. I believe Joe Vardon was the uh, author of that. I call him the new uh, Brian Windhorse these days because he just follows around LeBron. So was there anything in particular that you took away from that piece uh, that was a substantial import here to Lakers as we move forward? Uh, they, they're acknowledging a lot of the things that we're seeing. Like Davis, Anthony Davis has a quote where he says, our, our offense is actually good. We're, we're making the right plays. We're running our sets hard. We're finding guys for wide open shots. It's just the shooting. We have to take our time and knock down wide open shots. Uh, and that's been pretty obvious with, uh, with especially tonight. I could just kind of have frustrated with Markeith Morris because he's continuing to shoot really terribly from three. And right before this game, the Clippers were playing, and Marcus Morris hit, like, two threes at the end of the game. And I even tweeted out, like, the damn Clippers got the, the Morris twin that makes his threes. <laughs> yeah, man, and that's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because if you weren't going to, I certainly was. I look at this Lakers team, and of the last four games, we've had one victory. That was against Utah. The Lakers shot 9 of 26 from three in that game, okay? So I wouldn't say that that's good by any means, but at least it's a level of respectability where they had to defend the three-point line. JC, against Toronto, the Lakers shot 25% on the three-point line, 10 of 40. And in their last two games, JC, I don't even want to tell you. I'm sure you already know, but I don't even want to tell you that a combined 7 of 56 attempts 
have gone in the basket. Seven of 56. So if you reduce that fraction down, that's good for one-eighth, which is a whopping 12.5%. 12.5%, JC, and we hope that more than 12.5% of you will follow the show at Hoopball Lakers. Always listen, download, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at JCDailyOn1 and at Ethan underscore Noroff. But 12.5%, JC, this is not going to get the job done. No, not at all. And it's... I mean, it's definitely not anything they can concern now, but I do hope it's kind of something, especially assuming Anthony Davis comes back, that they can address for, for kind of future teams that the the success success of this team, you know, lies on, on driving and kicking, driving and kicking. And so you need guys who can make th- threes consistently. And that's, I mean, obviously nobody on the Lakers is making threes consistently right now, but you look at even just the box score from this evening and this, you know, 16-point loss to the Rockets, despite the fact that I realized LeBron did not play. Kuzma, you know, he had 21 points. He shot 8 of 16 from the floor. You know, you'd like to see better than 4 of 7 from the line, but overall, not bad, despite 1 of 4 from 3. He was one of the only two Lakers to actually connect on one, with Markeith Morris being the other. But then you look up and down the rest of this box score, and you see 0 of 3 for J.R. Smith, 0 of 4 for Deion Waiters, who, by the way, Deion Waiters was living his best life, vintage Deion Waiters tonight. <laughs> a lot of possessions where it was dribble, 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 chuck the ball up. It's a special kind of something to be minus 14 in 25 minutes. So, I mean, I just I, – I know Frank Vogel is experimenting, but to me one of the major takeaways has not only been the offense and, and the three-point shooting been you know, poor overall, or at least the execution side of it, but – for me, one of the takeaways has been that the Lakers are really stuck on trying to figure out what the right sort of second unit blend might be for this team as they try to move forward. Yeah, because they've got a lot of pieces that they're trying to to fit in and to make work. Uh, but, I mean, at least JR has a little bit of an excuse because he's newer. Markeith was, was there for a little bit before the hiatus happened. And I believe he was close to a 40% three-point shooter when they, when they signed him. So, JR, I give a little bit more of a, a longer leash to, but I'm, I'm really disappointed in, in Markeith and how he's been playing. I think, you know, whatever was kind of on his mind before he came into, uh, into the bubble is, I don't know if it's still percolating or if it's just him getting reacclimated or what the situation might be. But I think part of it, too, and, you know, I'm not trying to blame circumstance because everybody has to adjust, but I don't know that Markeith Morris actually knows what his role on this team is. Is that sort of fair to say? Because he's been used sort of inconsistently here. It might be that. It it, it does kind of look like on offense, he's looking from the outside in. It just kind of looks like looks like nobody, he's been told, like, just kind of stand out behind a three-point line and someone will kick it to you eventually. And that's sort of, that's not going to lead to success. So they do need a little bit more of uh consistency there and i think you know just in general from those you know second unit guys to me right now you've got two guys and alex caruso who didn't play tonight as well because of a neck injury although that's considered day-to-day and dwight howard who played over javel mcgee tonight and we should we're going to touch on that in just a little bit here but he played over javel mcgee tonight against these rockets those are the two guys to me that you can look on the lakers bench and say okay I know I can see these two guys as guys we can count on in the playoff rotation. By the way, it was nice to see Taylor Horton Tucker get on the floor tonight, and uh, he didn't look so bad, JC. I was actually going to bring him up. Yeah, he's 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 got some talent. Like he's 
there always kind of seems to be those young like LeBron doesn't like a lot of young players. He he tends to like teams uh his teams with veterans and things like that. But there's there's always a young guy he kind of gravit gravitates to. Other it was like Chetty Osman in in Cleveland, and I know that he really likes uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. And yeah, he's he's got some skill. He's got a nice little layup package. He finishes at the rim really nice. Yeah, I like him. He's also done a lot of work on his body. I mean, even since the time he was drafted, you could tell he's in much better shape. The kid, and I say the kid for a reason, the kid is still 19 years old. So I think Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be a very little interesting player for the Lakers as the group moves forward and, you know, tries to not only develop within, but find those guys on minimum deals uh, to build around LeBron and AD. But, you know, coming back to, to this game just quickly, you know, let's let's touch on the center position because AD was actually the starting center and you know he played 30 minutes he only had eight field goal attempts and you know Quinn Cook had 12 and Deion Waiters at 10 so again not loving the the distribution there and you know against a team that literally plays small ball Davis should have been a lot more uh, I felt like the Lakers should have put Davis in better positions to sort of exert his natural mismatch at the offensive end of the floor than they did too many perimeter opportunities but he was still five of eight and seven and nine from the line so 17 and 12 but seven turnovers for AD, and I just, you know, I think that's more coincidence than anything else. But, yeah, Frank Vogel pretty much said with this center spot, you know, when they play smaller teams or smaller lineups, you know, whether it's Dwight or JaVale, there are going to be opportunities where both centers are not going to play. So, JC, did you find it, you know, at all interesting that it was Dwight over uh, – Dwight, excuse me, Dwight over JaVale in this case? Um, I mean, interesting, but not that surprising. I, like, I, I kind of always talk about how JaVale's sort of role is to sort of te- set the tone. And if he's not going to start at center, I don't really see a lot of point in him kind of being the first center off the bench either because overall Dwight ends up playing more minutes and more of the crunch time minutes. So, yeah, that wasn't really that surprising. Yeah, I think that makes sense when you look at it from that perspective. And I think, too, that, you know, for Frank Vogel to have that, that admission, I think, says something about how he views what this Lakers team is going to look like in the postseason because as this team moves forward assuming they are able to march forward toward their sort of ultimate goal or ultimate destiny however you want to look at it you know I think AD at the five is going to have to become more commonplace and I wonder if the absence of JaVale who typically plays you know anywhere between oh it could be as low as 10 or as high as you know 18 19 minutes I wonder if that's what helped get Marquise Morris on the court for 18 minutes in tonight's game. Yeah, it could. And it could also have just been another experiment, like looking at who started tonight. You could basically roll this lineup and just kind of insert LeBron at the point guard, and you could still have Kuzma at the at the power forward and KCP at the small forward and Danny Green at the shooting guard. And so this starting lineup with LeBron at point guard probably obviously would have looked much different. But, yeah, that could they could consider bringing that as the uh, – as the playoff lineup. And I mean, and I think, you know, they, they would love for that lineup to be able to be count onable for lack of a better phrase or way to say it. I mean, Danny green and KCP, you know, they combined to shoot nine of 14 tonight. Interestingly enough, all twos, except for one three point attempt from KCP. So I think they're both still struggling with confidence. And I think that that's, you know, for them right now as it would be for any shooter kind of goes hot or cold. I think you can. I think you can pretty much anticipate Jared Dudley not playing 11 minutes in any playoff game. I mean, he might make an appearance or two, but uh, 11 minutes seems like a long stretch for uh, for Mr. Duds. And I think you know, Jr. What we're seeing is even in these experimentation settings, 
he's still very much looking like that insurance policy. I, I don't see, you know, a sort of an expanded role for JR as this team moves forward. But I'm curious about Taylor Horton Tucker because he is a very, very interesting player. And, you know, the Lakers obviously have a lot on the line when it comes to playoff time, JC. So do you think that he's somebody who could kind of sneak his way into the rotation here? Uh, it, it it's going to depend mostly on his defense, I think. If he can if he can be an impactful player on defense, similar to the way Alex Caruso kind of cemented his his status on the roster uh, for right now, I think I think that's going to be his where he gets his minutes if he can if he can put in some solid defensive minutes. Well, I just snatched up a bunch of his rookie cards, so I'm very hopeful that. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he sort of explodes on the scene here because I snatched up the, a bunch of them on the cheap here. So I guess we'll see what time brings us, right, my man? Yep. All right. So you know when it when it comes to the Lakers, I I guess you know one of my other questions is, with the exception of being able to sort of improve from within, is there anything you know sort of schematically? Or, or tactically, and when I say improve from within, I mean really just making shots and better execution. But is there anything like sort of schematically or tactically that you would like to see more of or less of from this Lakers team? For me, like one of the things that I noticed in watching tonight's game is that I felt like there were a lot of times where the spacing wasn't as good as it could have been in other situations. So have you noticed anything along those lines? I mean, I have, but and I, I think it all kind of – just kind of starts with with LeBron and Anthony Davis. They even acknowledge that in that in that article from the Athletic, where Anthony Davis says, uh, especially now when we're not making shots on a consistent basis, the chances aren't in our favor when we're and he means LeBron and, and himself aren't playing well. And so, I think I think the playoffs we're going to see a much different LeBron, obviously. And so I think that will sort of shift the mindset of the team, and it'll. It'll make them do the things they need to do because even for the most part right now, like yeah, they're they're getting good shots. It's just a matter of them falling, and sometimes that can just be a matter of confidence or or or, or a sense of urgency, and that'll obviously be raised once the playoffs start. And I think you know that's kind of my not concern for the Lakers, but that's sort of one of my overarching questions again is that despite locking up the one seed and wanting to see some of these different variables. I understand wanting to make sure guys have appropriate rest and sort of not coasting into the playoffs but preparing for it accordingly because it is just around the corner in this setting. But, JC, like I really kind of wanted this Lakers team to be on a surge going into the playoffs because like we talked about you know, when the bubble was first starting to take shape here, you said the Lakers were really playing well. They were riding a wave mm-hmm. when everything came crashing down, and we haven't seen that similar momentum. So what I mean to you, is it important that you see some – some signs of a turnaround here because the Western conference, no matter how it shakes out, it's, it's not exactly going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. It, it's important that they generate some momentum going into the playoffs. I think, you know, they're, they're, they're halfway into the, the seating schedule here in the bubble. And so figure maybe one more game they can put in a lack of lackadaisical effort like this, but the three, the last three games, at least they've got to go two and one at the very least and, and generate some real momentum going into the playoffs. And we knew that, you know, their schedule would be a challenge, you know, because we, we, we saw the opponents on the schedule. For, I mean, it was, it was obvious. But at the same time, this is a team that, you know, is presumed to be, you know, if not the title favorite, certainly a title favorite. It's getting interesting out east, though, just to take a quick tangent over there, as you were talking about before the show, JC. 
you were noticing an interesting trend with Milwaukee and a reason why they may not be coming out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, so just kind of just because in the bubble, every there's there's weird things going on. Like Lakers are two and two, Clippers are one and two, Milwaukee's one and two, Phoenix is three and zero, oh, and so just out of curiosity, I hopped onto Milwaukee's record and like in in all of February, uh, they went ten and one. And then since March first, they've gone three and six, including the one and two in the bubble, as as I've mentioned. And so, yeah, I think and the, even the playoffs last year, I think, sort of demonstrated that if you can contain Giannis the, as best as you can contain a guy like that, that pretty much shuts all of the Bucks down. Yeah, and I think you know that's that's something that I've seen against the Lakers in the last few, you know handful of games here is that teams are seem to be really focusing on doubling AD and you know they're limiting his opportunities to catch the ball uh, in comfortable spots or to or to make uh, comfortable offensive opportunities so you know with the exception of the game against the Jazz I don't want to say AD has been quiet but by his standards I think he's been sort of quiet so I'm curious if Lakers have an adjustment for that Vogel did say after the game today you know he was pretty uh, transparent for lack of a better word he said look he's like I, I know what kind of what needs to be fixed he's like but I also need practice time and you know I think there's something to be said for that because Lakers are trying to integrate some new parts and on top of that what what's happening is they're they're just not a cohesive unit right now so until they have sort of those reps and that muscle memory reformed it's going to be hard to sort of replicate the same successes that they had prior so JC I don't know man I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more I don't want to say I'm feeling, you know, on edge, but I'm a little bit more intrigued than I was a couple of days ago and not not exactly in a positive way, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's definitely some concern. Um I just think we kind of need to see how the last four games of the of the bubble sexual schedule play out. Yeah, and I and I think, you know, for for the Lakers perspective, right? If you're able to sort of solidified ground even if the if the results aren't earth shattering but if you're able to just solidify the ground that you walk on moving forward here you'll be sort of reestablished. and sometimes just the threat of the threat can be greater than the actual threat itself right so i think that's when you're talking about the lakers for me what i'd really like to see on on top of coming out of these last handful of games uh or i should say that in addition to coming out of these last handful of games on top i'd really like to see that second unit come together i have not seen that cohesiveness though some of those rotations have been rather experimental instead of wonky we'll call them but rather experimental and i really like to see the lakers commit to something that i think you know they can use both in the short term but especially in the long term as the postseason starts to take shape is there any lineup change or or sort of tweak that you want to see here jc as the lakers move forward um i mean I, i don't mind what they did tonight inserting Kyle Kuzma into the starting lineup. The only concern there was that it does kind of decimate the second unit where, where Kyle was really shining and sort of keeping this team afloat. And so, yeah, I think either, I mean, if you insert Kyle Kuzma into the starting lineup, you can maybe give LeBron a little bit more rest so that way he can play with the second unit in the second quarter a little bit more. But that might be the only kind of tweak to make. Like they, It can't be said enough. Like we've got to establish some sort of, role for for Marquise to to give him a purpose do you really think that kyle kuzma would operate with the same level of aggression and sort of assertiveness offensively if he were in a starting lineup alongside lebron that he did tonight when it was just he and ad out there 
The, I mean, that's the that's the other concern is yeah, it could kind of hurt his the productivity that he's been. Like his his most productive might be to be the first off the bench. And I think that for Kuzma, he's still very much learning how to play alongside LeBron and whether you know in certain situations whether to defer or whether to sort of take the lead and he's sort of figuring himself out as a player. But you know, in a team setting, it's all about support, and we are also as we are also all about support. At Hoopball. So support for Hoopball is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, fellas, okay? They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools in your grooming experience. So whether you're talking about the new and improved just-released Lawnmower 3.0, whether you're talking about the 7,000 RPM motor quiet stroke technology, or whether you're even talking about making sure that is water-resistant tech allows you to groom in the shower. There are plenty of selling points when it comes to this product, and if you listen to us before, you already know that I am a dedicated, 100% loyal user. And if you don't take my word for it alone, well, JC, we have an additional incentive for them. You can get 20% off right now and free shipping, so that's like 25% off right there, just by using the code HOOPBALL. 20. That's hoop H O O P ball B A L L two zero twenty. All one word capitals. Put it in at manscaped.com. Thank us later. That's twenty percent off and free shipping with that code hoopball twenty at manscaped.com. JC, they must be sold out. We've been doing so many of these promos. <laughs> yeah, this they, they gotta be totally sold out at this point. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. They're all over just about every podcast uh, on the internet. So yeah, <laughs> I actually was driving home from work today, and I saw a uh, billboard for Manscaped as well. So I think they're going heavy in uh, print, both print and uh, digital media. So you know, there's certainly something to be said for that. I think a lot of people are stuck giving themselves haircuts. So if you're going to flood the market, right? Is there has there ever been a better time? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I guess those marketing dollars got to go somewhere. As somebody who does that in the public school system, I would love to have the same capacity, but that's a story for a different day and a different podcast, JC. So the Lakers sit here, obviously, they're on top of the standings, having clinched uh, the number one spot ahead of the playoffs. But as these standings continue to take shape, JC, are there any sort of movements that you're keeping an eye on or just saying, hmm, that's interesting? Well, Portland is playing really well. And so Memphis just lost Jaron Jackson Jr. for the rest of the season. And so, yeah, yeah. And, and the Spurs have been playing really well. And so it seems as though the battle for the A spot might come down to Portland and San Antonio, uh, especially if New Orleans is going to keep benching Zion in, in crunch time, which I don't understand. Uh, Phoenix is 3-0, part, like we mentioned. Part of, plan, part of the plan, according to David Griffin. What, yeah. what plan, I'm not exactly sure, but, you know, part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix is 3-0, like we mentioned. Uh, I haven't heard really anything about Sacramento, um, oddly enough, so I, I figure they're they're obviously out of it. Um, not a lot of movement in the East because, yeah, Milwaukee was so far ahead of Toronto, but Toronto's been playing really well. I think Boston has been playing solid. Miami's played really well overall. Indiana... Can't move up much, but they've been playing really well. Uh, Philadelphia so, had a big loss with uh, Ben Simmons uh, subluxated his kneecap. 
I think this is a yeah, dislocation of his kneecap. That's that's yeah, by exactly by definition, that's a dislocation. And as somebody who's done that, who's definitely not an NBA athlete and never will be, never came close to being one. But as somebody who's done that, that is not a day to day injury, my friend. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. No, it is not. And for somebody who's a professional basketball player who's almost seven feet tall, who you know needs his knees and legs to sort of do his job. Yeah, I uh, I I would be surprised, and I would be pleasantly proven wrong if Ben Simmons is not going to miss an extended period of time, if not the remainder of the season. Yeah, and then plus there's just an interesting gap in that in the seating from Philadelphia at six to Brooklyn at seven. There's a nine game difference, and so you got to figure seven, right. seven, eight, and nine aren't going to factor much into the East. Right. So. Refresh, refresh the audiences and my and my own memory. At the end of this uh, bubble program, when it comes to the regular season, any team that's within four games of the eight spot is entered into this pl- playoff playoff sort of seeding conference to get into the playoffs. Is that correct? Uh, something like that. Yeah. And so, so it okay. seems as though there'll be some kind of one game playoff scenarios for out west. So as of you know this moment in time. Portland, Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, and New Orleans are all within four games of Memphis. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a fun little tournament. Oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. That will directly impact the Lakers. So if you had to pick one of those teams today, JC, since we're talking about the Lakers here to bring it back to the 1-8 spot, if you had to pick one of those teams today to say, yeah, that's the team the Lakers are probably going to play, Memphis, Portland, Phoenix, San Antonio, Sacramento, and New Orleans, which one are you going with and, and why? Uh, I would say Portland. They've, they've got the playoff experience. Yeah. They're playing really well. Um, they This is a season they weren't expected to really have Nurkic back, and, and they have him back now. And so that's sort of an extra piece they didn't count on at all. And uh, Melo lost some weight, and he's been playing really well. So, yeah, if I had to guess, I would say Portland. And plus, P- Charles Barkley went on the record and said he he thinks Portland would beat the Lakers in the first round. So, I'd yeah, like to, I'd like to see that not happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would. I, I I said to my buddies in the group chat the other day. I said, look, you know, Portland's kind of one of those teams that I don't want to see in the first round because I really don't want to play Damian Lillard in the first round. Uh, I think I think he's a very real game changer, and like you said, they've been playing well. So if I had to pick a team today, I, I would also pick Portland. But man, Phoenix is playing very well, and Devin Booker, and now DeAndre Ayton starting to get going. So it looks like Phoenix could have the beginning of something with at least those two guys. Uh, and if they can get Kelly Oubre on the floor, that'll also be helpful for them. But yeah. Portland looking like favorite for that eight spot right now. I, I think it'd be such a cool story if Phoenix did, because especially they've been so terrible for so long for them to kind of come into this bubble and if they for them to reclaim that spot, that would be that'd be amazing. So would you say that you'd be placing any wagers on Phoenix as a long shot right now? Yeah, Phoenix would be the biggest long shot and probably have the the best paying odds. And if you'd like to see that come to fruition, you can test that theory at mybookie.ag. Uh, they are a home run, a slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it. You love it. That should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. They have up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams. Uh, there's never been a better time to start playing. 
uh, you can join today and they will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss in a free $10 MLB future wager, uh, presumably on a future game. All you have to do is enter the promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, HOOPBALL, when signing up at mybookie.ag. It's easy. You bet. You win. They pay. I mean, what do you need more than that? Free money, free opportunity, ready to multiply your cash. Let's get it done. If only if only betting were that easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> if only buying a scratch ticket were that much of a guarantee. I mean, when it comes when it comes to the Lakers, JC, I feel like, you know, I know Lakers fans are, are going to some of which are going to freak out because, you know, they're not used to losing in this particular season. It's easy to forget all of the seasons that were downtrodden of late to say the least given uh, the success this year but I think the rational Lakers fan and yes they do exist uh, but I I think the rational Lakers fan is going to look at this and say look they're obviously figuring some things out they've clinched the the top spot in the Western Conference I put AD and LeBron against anybody else in the league and you know I think JC like you mentioned it's a good point that there are some strange things happening in the bubble and I think it does sort of in, in some ways, the setup of the schedule and just sort of the, the overall totality of the process, it does sort of not necessarily favor the younger teams, but it does put some of those younger teams in more comparable situations because they're sort of able to run a little bit more and, you know, feel like they have something to prove a little bit. You always see those types of games, I feel like, at the end of the regular season where that team that you don't expect uh, to win that night comes in on a, on the road and wins in a certain situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of that. And, you know, come playoff time, obviously, you know, the lights will turn on and things will be a little bit different. But we want to see the Lakers get rolling here before playoff time. And I'm just going to kind of end my final thought, JC, with this. If you are still denying the importance of Alex Caruso on this team, open your eyes, baby. <laughs> Alex Caruso, I mean, uh, with all honesty, he's been the Lakers' best guard in the bubble. Yeah, most consistent defensively. He plays smart offensively, even though he doesn't score a lot himself. Definitely can't be said enough how many things he does that don't show up on the stat sheet. Like there's, There's got to be some kind of stat that can be created to, to show someone like him the credit he's, he's due. I mean, it's absolutely incredible, man. And so... I'm not going to sit here and say Caruso for MVP, but Caruso certainly for something. So that's going to be it for me. You got any final word, JC? Uh, Not for me. All right. So, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. As a reminder, at Lakers. JC is at JCDeLeon1. You can find me at Ethan underscore Noroff. Find the whole HoopBall family at Tweets and Fantasy. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.